Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. The title of today's message is Transformation. Transformation. Something that has really been in my heart for, for some time now. Um, and if you were here for the last couple of months, we, we had the Abide series, which meant we want God to abide in our lives and we want to abide in Him. And um, really what, 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 what it's... What, it, what the Abide series was about was about transformation. It's about we need transformation in our lives. We need transformation. How many know that they need a little more transformation in their life? Some change, right? Something that, that, it, that something, not just a, 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 a you know, you could watch um, the, these, um, I forget what they call these shows, but right? they should show them the, um, not the overhauling, but when, uh, overhauling for people. What do they call it? Makeovers. Makeovers. Sometimes you gotta knock some rust off, right? Um, but, but you watch those, I remember when they first came out probably 10, 15 years ago, and you would see somebody go in and they do all this transformating uh, surgeries and stuff, and they would come out a completely different person, right? You used to watch, like, wow, they got new teeth, they got new hair, they got new bodies, and say, like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Wow, they showed the before and after, right? Well, in the spirit, God has that same thing for us, right? In the spirit, where we could come in no matter how bad or, or, or torn or battered that we may be, in the spirit, there's a God who offers us transformation. Yeah. And that transformation comes through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. right? And I need some more transformation in my life, and I'm glad so many of you rose your hands saying, I could use a little more transformation. So we're going to talk about that today. The definition of it is a thorough or dramatic change in the form of or appearance. And I like the word dramatic. A dramatic change. When you watch those shows, and I love watching um, Overhauling or, or Property Brothers. I like watching that stuff because you see the dramatic change, right? The dramatic change, and then all of a sudden you want that house, right? I want that house. Yeah. Or I want that car. If you watch Overhauling or shows like that. Um, but that's what God offers us. That's why we're here today. Because we long for a dramatic change in our lives. And I hope that's why you're here. Yes. Is that you want a dramatic change in your life. No, the, the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's no seniority here. I love the fact that it could be your first time here, or it could be your hundredth time here, and God offers us the same transformation. Right? And the truth of the matter is that no matter how long we've been serving God, there's still room for transformation in our lives. For that dramatic change. And today this we're going to talk a little bit about a dramatic change in the, that happened, and there's several in this book. The book of Acts is found in the New Testament. This book is found. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to consider chapter 8, verses 4 and 5. What it says is, it says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, this is the guy we're going to be talking about today, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. He was preaching about Jesus. Crowds listened to, intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Lord, bless your word. And just speak 
to us through it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and, and so let me give you a little background on, the, on this story. So you got uh, the, the, the disciples and the church is growing in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. So Jesus had died not that long ago. He came to life on the third day. He resurrected himself with his own power, resurrected himself. Three days later, he came out of a grave and he hung out with the disciples. And he said, the prophecy that was prophesied, I am it. This is it. He says, he says but I'm, he hung out for 40 days. After 40 days, he says, I'm leaving, but there's someone I'm sending down here. His name is the Holy Spirit. He's going to bring with him power to bring transformation to your life. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that they were gathered and they were praying and, 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 and some more days passed and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came down suddenly. And the Bible says that there was a great sound that entered the room and they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. It talks about that. And, and these folks got empowered by the Holy Spirit and the church began to grow. And all of a sudden these fishermen, that's what they were, they, most of them were fishermen, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They began to, to walk around and they began to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. As they began to preach the good news, miracles began to happen. Yes. Right? All of a sudden, the church, the religious folks got nervous. They said, who are these folks who are doing miracles? We thought we already killed Jesus. And they said, these are Jesus' followers. So they began to persecute them. Yes. They began to persecute. They began to put them in jail. And they began... Because they couldn't stop, they began to kill some of them. So what happened was, Stephen had just been killed. They had just stoned him to death because he was preaching the gospel. And persecution happened. Because they were being persecuted, and I don't know about you, but when I hear the, per heard pers when I hear the word persecution, it does something like ugly in me. I don't like the word. I don't even like to type it. As I typed it several times when I was preparing this message, I didn't like it. I don't like the word. Uh, persecution is like evil. It doesn't bring joy to my heart. Um, it's something that I necessarily don't like. And if you like persecution, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. None of us really like that word. But persecution happened. Persecution, what is it? It's hostility and or ill treatment. It could be of, of people, of, of something, but it's something that you're against. You persecute something that you're against. So these people, full of the Holy Spirit, were beginning to be, be persecuted. And, and they were probably wondering why persecution was happening. But persecution is necessary. Persecution is necessary in your life. Whether you like it or not, persecution comes to your life. Whether you serve God or you don't serve God, persecution, either you just left the persecution, you're in a persecution, or there's a persecution on the way. That's all right. Yes, That's part of being... It, uh, called a Christian, and then the fact is, even if you're not a Christian, you've got to suffer some persecution. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's necessary. It could be painful, it could be misunderstood, but it's necessary. And it's necessary that you and I endure some persecution. Yes. I, I asked y'all to raise your hand. None of, of y'all did, and I didn't really want to raise my hand. But there's a lot of persecution that comes to your life that is allowed by God Himself. Well. There's persecution that God sends. And I believe that God allowed that persecution to happen to that church in Jerusalem so they would get out of their comfort zone. See, they were getting very comfortable there. They were seeing God move. They were, they were performing miracles. 
They were preaching the gospel. People were giving their lives to Jesus. They were seeing transformation. All of a sudden, they see persecution. They must have been saying, God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing this persecution? But God allowed the persecution so that they would leave Jerusalem. And sometimes we need to leave Jerusalem, right? Sometimes we're in such a comfortable place in our walk with God. And I'm talking to the church folk here. We get so comfortable in our, in, our, in our walk with God, and we got our own little chair at church. This is my seat at church, right? Put your name on it. Make a donation for this church, for this chair. <laughs> this is my chair. There's nothing wrong with that, but we got to be careful. We don't get too comfortable in our chair, right? Especially when God is going to send some new people who need that chair. You may have to stand and give them room. Amen. How many want to do that? How many want to do A little persecution from some people in the neighborhood say, yo, can I sit here? Yes. Yo, I, I need a donation, huh? We need to get up, right? We need to get up. No persecution. I'm going to give you another example. See, because, because persecution will take you out of your comfort zone, and God wants to take you out of your comfort zone because your comfort zone can kill you and kill those around you. And that's why we need a little persecution. That's why as soon as I get comfortable, the Holy Spirit begins to do something. He says, don't get comfortable. There's still more work to do. Yes, right? There's still more work. And I'm going to give you an example. Somebody who gets comfortable. I don't know if you saw this a few months ago or maybe a, where, where there was a, a man. I don't know how old he, he was, like 38 or 40-something. He was living at home and he was suing his parents because they were picking him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I about that story? Yeah. He was too comfortable, right? He was too comfortable. He needed a little bit of persecution from his parents. I could see all of a sudden his mom stopped giving him the, the, the same amount of cereal, right? Gave <laughs> him a little bit. He knows that that's not cereal I got, that I got yesterday, right? All of a sudden he didn't get the full grilled cheese. He got half a grilled cheese. That's persecution, right? He's not getting comfortable. All of a sudden dad said, you know, you got to start paying some bills here. You're 40-something years old. You know, mom, you know, we're we, we looking for an empty nest, right? This nest is way too full. And so God allows persecution sometimes so we will get out of our comfort zone. Um, because persecution will do some stuff to you. Persecution might take you out of that job that you're too comfortable being there. Right? That job that end up that's gonna end up killing you, right? Because you've been you're not supposed to still be there. And you need some persecution to get out of that thing. Persecution will take you out of a relationship that God has said, that's enough for that relationship. And he'll bring some persecution, right, so you can get out of that relationship, so you can start, what, living the life, that he, and, and the new relationship that he has for you. But sometimes we say, oh, I put up with the persecution, and you stay there, and you can't grow. You're not seeing transformation, because, what, you're putting up with, you're putting up with the comfort, and even the persecution. All right? So, um, a lot of times... Uh, what I've learned and I continue to learn is that comfort can be the obstacle between you and God. Between the, your relationship with God. Uh, and as I'm around many of you that I see transformation happening right before my eyes. I, I see it happening right before my eyes. And all of a sudden, I see that your priorities are beginning to change. Right? The stuff that was so important to you is no longer so important to you. Right? Because there's a transformation happening in the way you think, in the way you feel. Um, and so, so, so we see Philip. Let's go back to Philip. 
He got, got kicked out. He persecution had said, I'm out of Jerusalem. And he said, I'm going to Samaria. So he goes to Samaria. The Samaritan people were not that friendly with the Jewish people. But he finds himself there. And all of a sudden, he left his comfort zone and went to a place that he was not familiar with, right? Yeah. He went to a place where he was not comfortable. He went to a place where he necessarily wasn't even accepted. He left his home. Amen. Sometimes we got to leave our home or our job or that relationship or that place. We got to leave and go somewhere very uncomfortable to live out the greater that God called us to live. Persecution will move you towards your purpose. Pain will move you towards your purpose. How many want to live out their purpose? How many want to endure some pain? Nobody wants to endure the pain. Let me tell you, I've been prophesied over here. Some of y'all been prophesied. They give you all these promises in that prophecy, right? We're like, yes, that promise, I believe it, I receive the promise, right? How many have received a promise from God in their heart? Maybe you forgot about it, but there's some promises that God's given you. But I'm telling you right now, in order to get that promise, there's some pain involved. In order to live out that prophetic word that was spoken over to you, you have to endure some persecution in your life. And some of us will not see that. And Lord rebuke that. Won't see that promise because we're gonna we get too comfortable. We get too comfortable. And I'm gonna pray against that in your life. Because I want you to live out your purpose. And if I want it, God wants it more. God created you for a specific, unique purpose. And more than anything, he wants you to live it out. Glory to Jesus. And I, I can see Philip, man, he got to Samaria. He said, what am I doing here? But something had happened in him. He was transformed. He wasn't the same person. The Bible says that when he got to Samaria, he started preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't know where he was. I don't know if he was in a church. I don't know if he was in a court. I don't know if he was in a house. But all of a sudden, he couldn't contain himself. He was so full of the Holy Spirit, he began to preach. He said, Jesus died on a cross for you, he said, for your sins. He began to say, three days later, he resurrected. Now he stands at the right side and the right hand of, of the Father God, and he's interceding, he's mediating for you, he began to say. He began to preach. He offers you joy in your pain. He said, he offers you healing in your sickness. He began to preach to them strength in your weakness, a way when there is no way, hope in your hopelessness, and power to overcome. He begins to preach with authority in, the, in Samaria. The people begin to listen. The people begin to listen. And as they listen, their faith begins to increase. As their faith begins to increase, some miracles begin to happen. Yes, Lord. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, the Bible says that the lame began to walk. The blind began to see. The deaf began to hear. The hopeless man, he rose up. The down and out stood up and said, yes, I want some of that Jesus in my life. Glory. All of a sudden, some husbands began to love their wives. And not the girl down the street. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, the wife began to submit to her husband. She's receiving from it. not because she has to, but because she wants to, because there's the Holy Spirit that begins to transform the way this world tells us the way we're supposed to walk. Hallelujah. 
in the streets of Philadelphia and we can begin to see transformation in this city. Oh, glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Woo! Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Transformation was happening in Samaria. Transformation was happening. And the Bible says in verse 7, says, evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, the Bible says. Verse 8 says, so there was great joy in that city. Great joy in that city. Great joy in that city. And I want to see great joy in the city of Philadelphia. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that he wants it more than he wants. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But see, there were some people, I, had, I would have to believe, that in Samaria there were some people praying. There had to have been some people praying. Right? There had to have been somebody praying that God would send persecution to Jerusalem so that Philip could get to Samaria. There were some people in Samaria who were hurting. There were some people there who were addicted to some junk there. There were some homes in Samaria that were broken, some marriages that were ruined. There were some young people who were rebellious. There was pain in Samaria. And I believe that there had to be somebody in Samaria who was praying for transformation. And church, I tell you with all my heart that there better be somebody in the city of Philadelphia. There better be somebody in the city of Philadelphia. There better be somebody in the city of Philadelphia who's willing to get on their knees and begin to pray for this city for transformation that only God can bring. There ain't no politician. There ain't no budget. There ain't no politician or no city hall. There ain't no president who can bring what God wants to bring. What this city needs is transformation that comes from heaven itself. I don't know about you, but I want to see transformation in my own life. I want to see it in my house. I want to see it in my children. I want to see it in my wife. I want to see it in our marriage. I want to see it on my block. I want to see it in the community. And I want to see it in the city, church. The great thing is that today is your day. Because the good news of Jesus Christ is the only thing that brings transformation to us. The only thing, hallelujah. And as those people prayed in Samaria, just as we pray, just as we pray for our city, hallelujah. Just as we were out there changing some people's stinkers, right? Just as we were handing some people some clean socks. Because all of a sudden, when you're out in the street, a pair of socks has a lot of value when you're out in the street. All of a sudden, we got to wash some people's feet. We saw some people get haircuts. Some people said, can I just get a pair of shorts? Hallelujah. God chooses us, the church, to help bring some of that transformation to some folks. Hallelujah. But I believe that they were in Samaria praying, and all of a sudden this guy comes from Jerusalem, and his name is Philip. There was something about Philip. He carried the Holy Spirit. He also carried a spirit of transformation in his, in his heart. He carried a, 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 a spirit of transformation in his mind. Philip was a vessel of transformation. Yes. And the great thing about that is that when you become a spirit, a, a vessel of, of, of transformation, you become a contagious. 
How many want to be contagious in the house? How many want how many want that the goodness of God that flows through will become what sticky to some other folks, right? All of a sudden, oh, did you catch it? Oh, praise God that you caught it. I want no vaccination from this one. Infect me with the presence of an all-powerful God. Infect me with the presence of an all-powerful powerful God who brings true transformation to us. Oh, glory to God. See, when transformation comes, some dead people start walking. Hallelujah. Some hearts that would dead start beating. Some dreams are revived. The sick get healed. transformed in our lives. Ooh, not settling for the first thing that comes along. I say, no, 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 God, I know your word says that you had greater for me. All of a sudden, not only are you looking for the job, but you're creating the business. In transformation, God gives you the ideas that you need to start a business, to not depend on the, the, the boss, but be the boss. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about greater. I'm not talking about working for fifteen dollars an hour. I'm talking about paying somebody else fifteen dollars an hour so they can do what God called you to do. Hallelujah. Transformation brings healing, physical, spiritual, mental. Transformation brings you clarity on who you are. Yes, Lord. See, because most of us don't still know don't know who we are. Could be the first day you've been in church, could be the thousandth or millionth day. Yes, Lord. Many of us still do not know who we are in Christ. Because we, yes. we still haven't been transformed of our minds and our hearts. We need transformation. I ask again, who wants transformation? Hallelujah. I need some transformation in my life. Glory to Jesus. Let's get back to Samaria for a second. Hurting desperate, hopeless people. God sends them Philip. He sends them a man, yes. a man who had been transformed. Yes. And I mentioned this yet last week, but I don't know if y'all got it. I'm going to put it back up on that screen. God uses transformed people to transform communities. Yes. And for too long, we've been praying wrong. We've been praying, God, bring transformation. 
I know I've been praying that for 50, almost 50 years. How many prayed that prayer? Yeah. Bring transformation, God. Bring transformation to my neighbor because the music is too loud. Lord, have mercy. Bring transformation to the guy off the street because they're a mess. Bring transformation to the lady across the street because she ain't cut her lawn for a month. Right? We're praying for transformation for transformation. That's not what we should be praying. We should be praying something like this. Lord, transform me. Transform me. So I can make a difference in his life. So I can make a difference in his life. So I can make a difference in her life. Transform me. Because God uses transformed people to bring transformation to those around us. Because it's contagious in the name of Jesus. Because it's contagious. Hallelujah. Lord, first transform me. Transform my marriage, right? Transform my marriage so I can represent you right. This ain't about perfection. This is about humility. This is about saying, God, your way is better than my way. No matter what I got, you got something greater. No matter what I made you know about, your dreams of me are greater. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a true transformation. Not somebody putting some fake teeth in my mouth. I'm talking about my heart being taken out and God placing a new heart that looks like him inside of me, inside of you, in Jesus' name. Woo! I already know that the, that the pastor is going to preach to me. We don't need a bunch of us to get transformed at once. We just need one. We just need one. Yes, Lord. See, Philip didn't have no fancy chariot, no fancy title, no fancy wallet, a fancy job. He had an all-powerful, transforming God that he carried with him in the form of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. We need his presence, church. We need to submit to him. We need more of his Holy Spirit. Oh, that he would lead us. That he would, Lord, restore some dead dreams. Some dreams that you were born with. That this world has killed. When transformation happens, those dreams are revived. See, because God just used one man to save humanity from a flood and his name was Noah. He used one man to save his people from a famine. His name was Joseph. He saved one man from the persecution of slavery in Egypt. His name was Moses. He used one man to slay a giant. His name was David. He used one man to bring down fire. His name was Elijah. He brought one man to restore a city. His name was Nehemiah. He brought one woman to stand in an act for her people. Her name was Esther. And today, he searches for one man, one woman, one student, one child. Yes. Right? He tries to kill us. 
Bible says that the enemy knew this so much. He knew that it only takes one anointed person to bring transformation. He understood this. That's why he what he killed so many children because he was trying to kill one. He was trying to kill Moses. He killed so many of them. That's why King Herod killed so many babies because the devil knew there was one. Hallelujah. That's why so many children are aborted in our country every day because the enemy is looking for that one who's been called to revolutionize his or her, her city here in our world. Hallelujah. Yes. See, but my Bible tells me that it just takes one to chase a thousand. And it takes two to chase 10,000. How many can stand in the gap and say, Lord, I'm ready to chase down a thousand. And with my brother at my side, hell, we'll chase 10,000 in Jesus' name. Because we've been transformed of our minds. We've been transformed of our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Church, for too long we've not had unity. No unity, but even not even just between churches, but no unity between ourselves and the church. We've been separated. The enemy, that's his main goal, is division. He wants division. In his kingdom, the enemy's kingdom, things are running really smooth, right? Because there's no division, right? He's got people, he's got demon principalities that have been assigned to rocks in our city. There's principalities that control regions in our city, and the Bible talks about that. Yes. And we will not see transformation in our city until we come against these things in the name of Jesus. Yes. And this happens only when we begin to choose transformation from higher. Yes. We say, God, begin to transform. I'm not talking about a real crazy, difficult prayer. I'm saying a true prayer says, God, I need to be transformed. God, 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 that you would wake me up, God. God, transform my heart, my eyes, my feet, the way I think. And we begin to pray this way. All of a sudden, you begin to see glimpses of what God wants to do. All of a sudden, you begin to see, oh, 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 oh God, God, God called me for something. Great. Oh, 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 who am I? I'm a child or a daughter or a son of an all-powerful God. Because all of a sudden, I begin to understand that I wasn't created just to get by. I wasn't created just to get a union job. It ain't nothing wrong with the union. But I was created for something greater. That takes transformation, church. It takes transformation. And I don't know if you can see it with these eyes, but I believe many of you can see it in the spirit. I believe God is showing many of you in the spirit right now. He's awakening something in your spirit to remind you that there's something greater. And you always knew what was there. It's just been covered by so much crap in this world, right? So much junk, so much mess that gets so covered up. But when we listen to what God's word says, and it begins to say that you are, oh God, you are royal priesthood. It says, kings and queens, that's who you are. You're just not anybody. Don't matter what your mama said, don't matter what your grandma said, don't matter what your teacher said, didn't matter what your boss said. What did God say you are? Who does God say you are? What did God create you for? I could almost taste it, church. I could almost taste the transformation that God wants to bring to this city.
And I've given up on that dream many times in my life. But I refuse to give up this time. How the church can we just stand up? transformation first of ourselves Lord transformation God oh God so that we would live out that greater that you created us for God oh God that we would be the vessel of blessing for the world around us Lord I pray God against all the lies I pray against doubt Lord that is negativity Lord that we carry all day long God I pray against it right now in the most powerful name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will begin to empower your people, God. I pray for miracles of all types in this place, Lord. I pray for physical miracles in this place right now because your spirit is here, God. I pray, God, for spiritual healing, God. Emotional healing in this place. I come against those negative words. That were implanted in our hearts so long away, a long ago, God. I come against those words right now in the name of Jesus, and I speak life into your heart right now. Life. Life. Come against the spirit of fear. Spirit of depression right now. We take authority right now, God. We take authority right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the same spirit. If we could just close our eyes just for a moment. If you know you need Jesus in your heart, I'm going to count to three and you're going to raise your hand. Very simple. One, two, three. Raise your hands all over the room. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Holy Spirit of God. Oh God, you are so good. Oh God, you are so good. Oh God, forgive us of our sins. I just, I, 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 I'm going to pray for you, but you need to talk to Jesus right now. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin, Lord. Forgive us for doubting you, God. Forgive us, Lord, for our negativity, Lord. Come into our hearts right now. Come into my heart right now, Jesus. Begin the process of transformation in me. Begin transformation in my mind, in my heart, in my whole being. That I would honor you first, God. That I would begin to live for you, God. That I would not stay stuck in the hole that the devil made for me. But that I would climb. If you want to come forward, 
We may not be able to pray for you, but you can come forward as a step of faith that you need transformation. And we can fill this place up. And so this altar is wide open. You say, I need transformation. I need transformation. You just come forward. Whether someone ends up praying for you or not, you say, I need transformation. You begin to talk to your creator. You begin to say, God, help me. God, transform me. God, I need you. God, I don't want to keep going the same way. God, I want the more and the greater you created me for. Lord, I need you. This altar is open. Hallelujah. listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.